This is The Space Shot, episode 164, for October 25th, 2017. The Mississippi Test Facility. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. Last summer, I took a road trip and drove from Fargo, North Dakota, where I was living at the time, to Titusville, Florida, to see a rocket launch. After a few days in Florida, I started to make my way west and ended up making a stop at the John C. Stennis Space Center in Mississippi. If you've never driven through the American South, well, let's just say it's a heavily wooded area. I'm used to the wide-open expanses of my home state of Colorado and of the West in general. Driving along the plains means that you can see as far as your eyes will let you see. It's not that way in parts of the South. The highways down there seem to be cut into the forests, creating an almost tunnel effect when you're driving along at 70 miles an hour. If you drive long enough, as I did during that nearly 6,000-mile-long road trip, that endless tunnel of trees can get a little bit mesmerizing. Mesmerizing enough that I almost missed the exit for the Stennis Space Center because I wasn't listening to my GPS navigation. This heavily wooded area is ideal for the test facility located just off of I-10 in Mississippi. On October 25, 1961, NASA announced the creation of the Mississippi Test Facility, later renamed the John C. Stennis Space Center. NASA needed an area that was far enough away from major population centers while still having access to utilities and water transportation. This part of Mississippi filled those requirements. There was just one problem. Well, five problems to be exact. There were five small towns on the land that NASA would radically transform from small logging communities to a test facility tasked with checking out the engines that would send Apollo astronauts to the moon. Logtown, Gainesville, Santa Rosa, Napoleon, and Westonia, and all of the inhabitants of those towns were moved to make way for the massive concrete and steel test stands required for the engine testing during the Apollo program. Nearly 1,000 people were relocated, and the, quote, 786 residences, 16 churches, 19 stores, three schools, and a wide assortment of commercial buildings, including nightclubs and community centers, were either moved or destroyed. Mississippi Senator John C. Stennis, the man that the test facility was renamed for, urged the people that were being displaced by this project to understand that, quote, there is always the thorn before the rose. You have got to make some sacrifices, but you will be taking part in greatness. With the towns cleared, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers began the process of transforming that 13,800-acre area. Gone was the once massive lumber mill that dominated the area, and constructed in its place were giant 200-foot-tall test stands that were used to validate the engines that would send humans to the moon. The engineers and 6,100 construction workers of this project also created a 7.5-mile-long canal system that allows NASA to move engines, rocket stages, and the necessary rocket fuel and oxidizer throughout the test site. After all, what good are those massive test stands if nothing can get to them? The Mississippi Test Facility, or as it's now called the John C. Stennis Space Center, or just Stennis, 
had the first engine firing take place on April 23, 1966, a short three years after the massive construction undertaking began. The first and second stages of the mammoth Saturn V rockets were all tested at Stennis. The incredible thrust generated by the engines on the first stage of the Saturn V meant that the test stands had to withstand over 1 million pounds of thrust and temperatures of nearly 6,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about half as hot as the surface of the sun. During the late 60s and early 70s, quote, 42 tests for the Apollo program, including ones on all of the engines used on the program's manned missions, were conducted. In the December episode of the Cosmosphere podcast, I'll be talking with some of the people involved with the Cosmosphere's Space Works division that restored some of the engines that were tested at Stennis Space Center a half century ago. Bezos' expeditions recovered these massive F-1 rocket engines, working with the Cosmosphere to preserve them for permanent display. Some of these engines are now on display at the Museum of Flight in Seattle, and components of those F-1 engines are on display at the Cosmosphere in Kansas. After Apollo, the test stands were used for the shuttle program, test firing every engine flown during the shuttle's lifetime. More recently, the test stands at Stennis have been used for the engines that will power the Space Launch System. After a half century, the Stennis Space Center and the people that work there have truly taken part in greatness. Since you're here, why don't you let me know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review in iTunes. It takes just a minute to do that, and it makes a huge difference because it helps even more people find the show. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or click the links in the show notes. I'd also appreciate it if you could share The Space Shot with your friends and family and anyone else that enjoys podcasts. Tomorrow, the last test flight of the Enterprise. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.